Praise the Lord, y'all. It's time to get started. Time to get started. Come on, stand to your feet. Simple song that says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Has it been good to anybody besides me in here? I said, has it been good?
let it meditate on our hearts, our mind, and our spirit. These are more prayers in your holy son Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Simple praise that we have that says, Lord, I want to dwell in your presence. That's where I long to be. You see the words on the screen. The song says, Lord, I want. Lord, I want. sacrifices that military has made for to keep us safe in this country that is a worthy cause indeed but we're also here to remember the sacrifice that Christ made for us you see the table laid out before us where he sacrificed his body and shed his blood to give us an opportunity. So every time we come into his house, it is a memorial day. So we ask that you grab your neighbor's hand and 
let us look to the Lord and offer up a collective prayer of thanksgiving and praise. Oh, most holy God, we come now thanking you for all that you've done for us. Not because we have been so good, not because we've been so kind, not because we've been so special, but because you have been all of that and, and more. Dear God, you woke us up this morning, clothed in our right mind, with a portion of health and strength that allowed us to come to your house this morning. And dear God, we offer up a, a hearty thank you, hallelujah, because you didn't have to do it, but you did. So dear God, we ask that you pour out your spirit this morning. We ask that you cover the entire congregation. Help us to focus on the message that is being brought by your servant this morning. We ask that you bless him and his family. We ask that you bless our senior pastor, his family, wherever he is. Dear God, we ask that you take over the service, lead it in the way that it should go. We ask that everything that is done here be done here in decency and in order. And dear God, we will be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Dear God, we ask that you hear this prayer that's uttered in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let every heart in the building say amen, amen, amen and amen. That's where I long to be. We all ought to feel that way. Where else can you be that's better than being in the house of the Lord? Amen. Knowing that he brought us this far and continues to do what we sometimes won't even do for ourselves. Amen. God bless you. We're going to ask if you would join us now in our responsive reading followed by the hymn for the morning. Won't you please stand? May we all read together. Through the blood of the everlasting. Let's say that again like we really mean it. Amen. God bless you. If you would join us now in the hymn for the morning. The blood will never lose its power. Let's sing together.
Let's say it one more time. It reaches. so that we can just pray for, you, for each, for all of our members who are incapacitated, incapacitated regardless of how that happens. We ask that you please keep Brother Graham in our prayers. I understand that he's doing much better, but still um, it's kind of need the prayers of the church. We ask that you also pray for the Branch family, Reverend Charles Branch, as most of you probably know was funeralized here on yesterday. We ask you to please continue to pray, uh, pray for that family. Also, our own sister, Bonnie Harris, I understand it's a little bit incapacitated and inside, so we ask you to please pray for them as well. Brother Danny McCoy and wife lost a brother, I understand, and you know that they need your prayers, amen, and your support. I know that there must be others, but we'll ask the media if you'll please come and share what you have for us. Good morning, K Chapel. Join us today during the 11 o'clock worship service for our baccalaureate celebration. Attention youth, please take note that on Saturday, June the 1st, choir rehearsal will take place at 9 a.m. and the buses will depart for the Grand Paradise Water Park at 10 a.m. and arrive back at 6.30 p.m. The 2019 summer reading program will take place here at Cave on June the 24th through June the 28th from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. each day. Registration forms are available in the Old Fellowship Hall and you can register on the K-Chapel app. The Social Services Resource Guide provided by Secord is now available on the K-Chapel website at kchapel.nucleus.church. VBS 2019 will be here in just a few weeks. Join us for Super Training University with Jesus on June the 11th through June the 13th from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. each night with dinner served at 5. You can pre-register in the o Fellowship Hall or on the K-Chapel app. Okay, men, grab a pen and a piece of paper or open your phone and take down the details for these upcoming Men's Day activities. On Monday, June the 3rd, join us for a bowling tournament at the Metro 24 Bowling Center off Lynch Street. This event will take place at 6 p.m. and the cost is $25 for adults and $15 for kids. The contact is Brother Ernest Green or Brother Charles Simpson. And on Friday, June the 7th, the 15th annual Nate Ruffin Golf Tournament will take place at the Whisper Lake Golf Course at 8 a.m. with the putting contest at 10 and the shotgun start at 11. Please contact Brother Calvin Williams for more information. The three-on-three -three basketball tournament will be held on Friday, June the 7th at 7 p.m. here in the Willie Wright Family Life Center. And then on Saturday, June the 8th at 9 a.m., the Men's Day Choir Rehearsal will take place. All are welcome to participate. And once you're done lending your voices on Saturday, head on over to Brother Troy Lesser's Ranch for a skeet shooting contest at 11 a.m. The cost is $15 per person. Shotguns only, 12 or 20 gauge. 
and kids 12 and under must be accompanied by an adult. The contact for this event is Brother Thomas Owens. And finally, on Sunday, June the 9th, during the 11 o'clock worship service, we will have our Men's Day celebration. If you missed any of these details, don't worry. We've loaded all this information into the K-Chapel app for your convenience. All month long, it has been our goal to ensure that each member at Cade knows who their deacon is and how to reach them. If you still don't know your deacon, it's important to us that you take a quick minute, open up the K-Chapel app, and fill out the Find My Deacon form. And once you've completed this form, you'll be provided the information needed to meet your deacon. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to one of our very own men in black with the purple ties, and they'll be happy to assist. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com, or you can go to the Submit Info tab in the K-Chapel app, but be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Brother Ikpian, if I could just have one moment. Good morning, K Chapel. Good morning. Listen, I'd like to personally thank each of you for your outpouring of love that you showed my wife and myself. As you know, one week I lost my sister and the very next week she lost a brother. You showed us love that you, you have no idea just how much it meant to both of us for you to be there for us, keeping us in your prayers. So I just want to say thank you personally, not through a card, but I personally wanted to thank each of you this morning. And God bless you, sister or brother, whatever. We all one big family here, amen? amen. Also have an announcement here. Um, the passing of Sister Mamie Thomas's sister, and I know that she's probably down on the coast, but the funeral service is scheduled for Saturday, June 1st at Macedonia Missionary Baptist Church, again, uh, on the Gulf Coast in Crystal Spring, in, in um, well, Clean Springs, Richmond, wherever that is, 184 Main Streets, and again, that's in Biloxi, Mississippi. So we ask you to please pray for that family. What? Well, I don't know, mine say Biloxi, Mississippi, 184 Main Street, Biloxi. I give you the zip code, 39530. <laughs> I give you what I have, amen. God bless you. This morning, we're going to just pause just for a moment and recognize our visitors. I know this will work. If you're not yet a member of this congregation, we're going to ask you to please stand. Let us thank you for coming and back. All visitors, please stand up. Stand up, visitors. Stand up, visitors. There are more. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. We want you to know on behalf of our senior pastor, Reverend Richard Buckley, Pastor Mr. Hans Buckley, and the entire KJM family, just so happy. No, remain standing. Just so happy that you chose to worship with us today. If you're just visiting, please come anytime to get the loud. But if by chance you're looking for church home before you leave today, we're going to try to convince you if you just found home. And while you're standing, we're going to give you something you're going to get here at KJM Miss Dad Baptist Church.
Bessie. We will not have any speaking from the floor, but we will get it, have it from the, yeah, so we, yeah, we ask that you please uh, accept her that's going to come and share some information for us. Pastor has asked that we do, as we traditionally do, a, a formal recognition that this is Memorial Day. John 15, 13 says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Memorial Day was created as a federal holiday of the United States for remembering and honoring to date the more than 1.2 million persons who have died while serving this nation in the United States Armed Forces. This Memorial Day will be observed on Monday the 27th. This morning here at Cade Chapel, I ask you to stand in your hearts for those who volunteered, those who were drafted, and those who were just called into service for this nation. But then they made the supreme sacrifice, giving their lives ever since the American Revolution those Indian Wars, the Civil War, the World Wars, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, and then they started calling them rebellions, occupations, crises, invasions, conflicts, and even peacekeeping missions. But we, as a grateful nation, we do stand in solidarity in memorial. Let us pray. Lord, as you instructed your disciples to follow your command, our sisters and brothers over the years followed the commands of military service because of their love for this nation and their families. We give thanks for their courage and dedication. Lord, we pray their fruitfulness shall remain for future generations to embrace with respect and love. We have come over a way that with tears has been watered. We've come treading our path through the blood of these slaughters. Holy Spirit, give us a sense of peace as we share various tributes this week and we give public acknowledgement of all fallen soldiers. May we forever stand true to our God 
and true to our native land. We remember today those who died so that others may live. We give you all honor and glory as our risen Savior, and it's in your precious name, Jesus, we pray, amen. We do trust in Jesus, as our money says, and God bless America. Amen. God bless you. We had just learned that Carol's wife's grandmother passed away uh, just, I guess, within the last hour. So we ask you to pray for that family as well. And when you do that, that, that helps a little bit, doesn't it? So we ask you just, we just need to continue to act like brothers and sisters because that we, we, we are. This time now, we're going to pause for a time in our service where we all can participate. We're going to ask that you prepare to give as you have been so blessed. And just remember one thing, you can't be God-given. Amen. So we're going to ask you to prepare now to give again as you have been so blessed. We have spoken word from the pulpit. I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinance and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Where shall, wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithe and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove, prove me now, herewith, said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there may not be room enough to receive it. May God add the blessing to the hearers and the doers of his holy and inspired words. Amen. Usher's choir. Don't you
selection for the morning after which we'll be ready for the spoken word. Choir, I want you to come.
Amen. Say amen again. It's good to be here this morning. And I have already worshipped. I've had church already. From the choir and congregational singing and the movement of God is present. And I'm elated to be here this morning. I must hurry on, but uh, I am so happy to be back at Cade Chapel. My nephew called me on Wednesday, I believe it was, and, and asked me if I would come and share the word with you this morning. And you know how it is. You can't resist something like that. Well, invitation to come back here. I, I've been here before, been around a number of times, and have always been blessed in my coming. And uh, I, I just feel good this morning. Uh, I look around, and I see my brother-in-law over here, and I see my sister over here, and my nephew, and, and my wife, and... So, so I'm at home. <laughs> I'm at home this morning. Um, let me call your attention to, uh, let me read the scripture, the chosen scripture this morning. And it comes from the book of Job the 10th chapter, and it reads this way, I am sick of life, and from my deep despair, I complain to you, my God, don't just condemn me, point out my sin, why do you take such delight in destroying those you created and in smiling on sinners. Do you look at things the way we humans do? Is your life as short as ours? Is that why you are so quick to find fault with me? You know I am innocent. But who can defend me against you? Will you now destroy someone you created? Remember that you molded me like a piece of clay. So don't turn me back into dust once again. As cheese is made from milk, you created my body from a tiny drop. Then you tied my bones together with muscles and covered them with flesh and skin. And I skip to the 18th verse. Why did you let me be born? I would rather have died before birth and been carried to the grave without ever breathing. I have only a few days left. Why don't you leave me alone? Let me find some relief before I travel to the Lord, to the land of the darkness and despair the place of no return. May God add a blessing 
to the reading and the hearing of his word. And I want to uh, direct your attention to those first three verses. I am sick of life. And from my deep despair, I complain to you, my God. Don't just condemn me. Point out my sin. Why do you take such delight in destroying those you created and in smiling on sinners? I want to talk to you for a few minutes from the theme, when tragedy strikes. When tragedy strikes. This, this cry of desperation from the lips of a man facing a deep crisis in his life. But how could this be for a man of, of Job's stature? For you see, the story of this man begins with a very profound statement of his character. Listen to how the story begins. Many years ago, a man named Job lived in the land of Ur. He was a truly good person who respected God and refused to do evil. And a few verses later, he is said to have been the richest person in the East. So he had it all. He, he was a person of integrity. He was God-fearing. He never yielded to evil. And beyond all of that, he was a man of great wealth. I don't believe you can do much better than that. Oh, if you've got all of that, you're all right. And yet, this man came to a point in his life where he was desperate, where all he had once enjoyed was suddenly snatched away from him, and he had nothing left but hope. But wait a minute. Hope is all right. Listen, if you've got hope, you've got a lot. And I believe that one of the things that kept him his sanity was his hope. Yet, all of these things had disappeared. Now, the question each of us should give some thought to this morning is this. How do you deal with tragedy? How do you deal with crises? How do you deal with the ugliness of life, the brokenness of life? And then, how do you deal with life when the bottom falls out of it? And your world appears to be crumbling and collapsing around you. What, what do you do? Where do you turn? Where is your hope when all your props are gone? That's a question we need to, we need to ask ourselves at times. The story of Job is a rather unique and heartwarming uh, story. It's, it's, it's difficult to read it in its entirety without becoming emotionally involved. It's the kind of book that when you start reading it, you don't want to put it down 
uh, until it ends because you want to see how the story ends. To acquaint oneself with his unbearable suffering, his pain, his brokenness, all but brings tears to one's eyes. You see, Job was an upright man who had it all, but one day in the midst of his prosperity and great living, his world collapsed around him. Everywhere he turned, he had bad news, disturbing news. And Job really, you know, you have to put yourself in, in his shoes in a sense, because everywhere he turned, that was bad news. Uh, servants came running and telling him about all of his cattle that had been destroyed, all of his oxen that had been destroyed, and all of his ten children who had been destroyed had been killed in a windstorm. All of them. Is it any wonder that Job would say, I'm sick of living? Well, something tells me that some among us this morning have on occasions been in the valley of despair, shared some of Job's and his wife's feelings and wrestled with questions regarding the nature and meaning of life. There's no doubt about it. And undoubtedly, there are many people in Texas this morning, in Louisiana, in Mississippi, some nearby who are wrestling with the meaning of life after all of these tornadoes. Some have lost everything they have, including members of their family. And certainly, some must have said and are saying, I'm sick of living. Well, this morning, I want to share with you just three things highlighted in the word of God, which will help us when we are faced with crises and tragedies. And we have to wrestle and struggle with the realities of life. And the first one is this. Remember, we are never alone. Remember, we are never alone. See, the days in which we live are very challenging and uncertain. And I must tell you this morning that I'm deeply concerned with what I'm not witnessing across our country. We are at war and have been for 18 years or more. And what bothers me even more are signs that the president may be trying to get us in war with Iran. Race relations are boiling over and hate is rampant everywhere you turn. And, and in all my years, and I'm a senior citizen now, I'm not old, I'm a senior citizen. In all my years, 
And I, it, it reminds me of something my mama, used, I used to hear her say before she died years ago. She would watch the evening news, and she would watch hate and violence and destruction and disasters and what have you. And I can remember her saying, time and Lord, what is this world coming to? What is this world coming to? I don't know what she would say today if she were alive with all that's happening around us. Well, we are in some tough times. And here's the bottom line as I see it. Our country is in deep trouble. And it can be downright depressing to read or watch the news anymore. But you know, my wife, Ike, has a solution. She refused to watch much news. You know what she watches? Everybody loves Raymond. With that dysfunctional family with Marie in everybody's business. And then she loves the judge shows and the game shows. She says, the news is too depressing. And you know what? Sometimes I have to agree with her. But you know, uh, Thomas Paine, many years ago, had some interesting words, which I believe are very, which very well may apply to our times. He said, these are the times that try men's souls. That was way back then. But I need to remind you that no matter how dark the clouds may appear, no matter how bad things seem today, you and I are never alone. It was David, the psalmist, who said in the 46th Psalm, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. And then a little later in that same Psalm, he said, uh, be still, be still, and know that I'm God. I will. Be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. So we need to remember that we are never alone. Now the second thing that we need to remember is this. Some things are going to happen to us over which we have no control. Natural disasters sometimes occur without warning and do not provide us with a vote. And when death and destruction came in Job's life, he had no say in the matter. In his great anguish and pain, three of his friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar came to sit with him for several days and finally as they pondered his great problems they broke the silence and started accusing Job of some secret sin or wrongdoing. 
You see, there was the belief in those days that good and righteous people don't experience losses and disasters, that God protects them from such. They said, we, we, we can't understand why this has happened to you, but there's got to be some reason for this. Are, are you sure that you haven't sinned? Maybe you've been a hypocrite all these years. Maybe, maybe there are things that we just don't know about, but you are guilty of it. Well, I want you to know things haven't changed much after all of these years. Unfortunately, there are folk in the church who are quick at times to rush to judgment when it comes to the misfortunes of other folk. They are quick to point the finger and accuse them uh, whom they are not sure about it as being a hypocrite. But I need to remind you that my Bible says, judge not that she be not judged, for judgment belongs to God alone. Job's three friends couldn't understand his suffering. They kept accusing him and of wrongdoing and digging at him and, 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 and that kind of thing until Job made one serious mistake. He, 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 he said, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of living. I wish I had never been born. Well, somehow we must come to the realization that there are times when life is just not fair. But I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that God is still in control. I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that God's grace, that unmerited favor, is still sufficient for all of our needs. Isaiah 40, 31 says, They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So remember, some things will happen in our lives over which we have absolutely no control. But God's grace is sufficient for all of our needs. And then finally, not only are we never alone, and not only will things happen in our lives that we have no control over, but you need to remember this. God sends us songs in the night. He sends us songs in the night. Uh, Job 35, 9 through 10 says, Men cry out under a load of oppression. They plead for relief from the arm of the powerful. But no one says, Where is God my maker who gives us songs in the night? Now, when we read the story of Job in its entirety, we'll discover that following his negative encounter with his three friends, and I, let me just say this, don't worry about your, your enemy. You watch your friends. 
Don't worry about your enemy. That's going to take care of itself. But you worry about those that are close to you. And they want to know all your business. And they, they, they'll say, well, you, you can tell me. I, I'm not going to tell anybody. But then the next thing you know, you hear somebody is telling you what somebody else said, and you know you only told one person. So these three friends had accused him. But there's a fourth friend. There's a fourth friend who's been in the shadows, who's been listening to the conversation going back and forth between Job and his three friends. And then he speaks up and he said, Now, Job, how dare you speak of your righteousness? You said that God's wisdom is at fault. You said that you've been good and holy, that you've paid your tithes and offerings, that you've treated your neighbors right that you've kept the law. But so what, Job? So what, Job? You only did what you were supposed to do. All of your righteousness is as filthy rags in God's sight. Oh, you said it, Job. You said it. How do you hope to scale the heights of God's wisdom? Job, you can't go where God is. Where were you when God created his world? Where were you when he flung the stars into the heavens? Where were you, Job? Oh, Job, you said that you turned to your left, and he wasn't there. You turned to your right, and he wasn't there. You turned all the way around, and he wasn't there. But, oh, no, Job, you're wrong. For way over in the midnight hour, in the brisk chill of the morning, God sends a song to your heart. God sends a song to your heart. What was it that made you say, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him? What was it that said, I'll wait? Yeah. Hallelujah. I won't go anywhere. Yeah. I'll wait until my change comes. Yeah. That was God, Joe. And you know, some of the greatest hymns of the church were written by people who were in despair. They were in despair. William Cowper, yeah. an 18th century poet and hymn writer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, had lived in London, England for a long time. But he came to the point in his life when he said, in essence, I'm sick of living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one, one morning he called the taxi. And he wanted him to take him to the London Bridge because in his heart, he had decided he was going to end his life. But it was real foggy that morning. 
fog was so thick. And the taxi driver drove and drove for miles and miles in search of the London Bridge. And finally, he said, I can't, you're going to have to get out. I can't find the London Bridge. The fog is too thick. Too thick. And Carver got out, fumbling around, trying to find his way, only to discover that he was standing in front of his own house. He ran upstairs, took out his quill, and began to write, God moves in a mysterious way. His wonders to perform. He flexes his footsteps on the sea and rides on the storm. You remember Charlotte Elliott? She was an invalid for the last 50 years of her life. Her joints ached so much she had that crippling arthritis, and she'd go to bed at night, and sometimes she would wonder how God could use an old cripple like her. But one night, she was awakened by that pain, and God sent a song to her. It's a beautiful hymn that you and I know so well today. Just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bids me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. You know what? There are times in my life when I don't feel like singing, but I sing anyway. I sing because I reflect on where he brought me from. Little place in Camden, Mississippi, where he brought me and how he protected me and how I have been all over the world. And God's protection, his angels of mercy have been with me. And I sing, I sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. And then I like that last verse. When, me, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to see than to sing God's praise. Oh, I thank him. I thank him. I know what he'll do for you. He's done it for me in my own life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.